Hello and welcome to the Victory Bell, the podcast. I am your host, Paul Oren, the founder and editor of thevictorybell.com, and this is a podcast and website dedicated to Valparaiso University Athletics. Thrilled to have you here for the second episode of the Victory Bell, the podcast. We've got a great one for you today. It's an annual tradition. The associate head coach of the men's basketball team, Luke Gore, is going to stop by and talk about the non-conference schedule for the men's basketball team. This will be the fourth time that Luke has sat down with me during a podcast. The previous iterations were on Union Street Hoops, but this podcast is now dedicated to all of Valparaiso University athletics, but we're not going to let a good thing go quietly. Love to have Luke Gore here. He'll be on in a little bit. Some housekeeping right now for the Victory Bell, the podcast. Obviously, you can get the podcast available at thevictorybell.com. It is also available at Apple Pods, Google Pods, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Pocket Casts. It's all over the place right now. If there are any other podcast distributors that you use that you'd like to see the Victory Bell, the podcast at, please don't hesitate to shoot me an email at valpovictorybell at gmail.com, and I will be sure to try to submit the podcast to get it there as well, trying to get this in front of as many earlobes as possible. Love podcasting. Was so thrilled to have it. The first episode last week, uh, talking to Valparaiso University President Jose Padilla about the strategic plan. Got a lot of good feedback from that episode. People just telling me how happy they were to have a podcast back, and I am thrilled to be back again. Yeah, recording this on late Monday night uh, into early Tuesday morning. Uh, the first day of basketball practice was officially on September 26th. The women's basketball team practiced for the first time, and the men's basketball team will take the court early, uh, or actually in the afternoon on September 27th. On Wednesday morning, I'm going to have a fun article that comes out on thevictorybell.com looking back at one of the great kind of institutions of college basketball for a long time, which was Midnight Madness. Uh, I've talked to some old Valpo players, talked to some old coaches about their thoughts on Midnight Madness and what it used to mean and uh, and maybe why it's not a thing anymore. So going to look forward to that coming out. Got some other good feature stories coming down the line. Uh, Valparaiso football with an emphatic win over San Diego on homecoming. What an excellent game that turned out to be. Got a feature story coming up later this week on thevictorybell.com on Solomon Davis, the wide receiver that Landon Fox got really emotional talking about at the end of uh, of, of last week's uh, press conference. Uh, really, uh, really special kid, Solomon Davis. Can't wait to uh, learn a little bit more about him and tell his story. That's a good one. Also going to be doing some work, uh, feature story on the Valparaiso women's soccer team, which they've had just a great start to Valley play. They're 3-0. and They've got nine points. Uh, uh, Aaron Levitt, stat extraordinaire, Aaron Levitt, told me that the last, that every time, that Valpo has started 3-0 and in conference play. They have gone on to finish in the top two in the conference and fight for a chance to make it to the NCAA tournament. So that uh, that will be something to take a look at as well. And then the volleyball team, a couple of games, tough one on Monday night at, at UIC, their first sweep loss of the year. Uh, Valpo goes down 25-12, 25-16, 25-14 to UIC. Uh, but this is a team that has started 13-2. and two. They're 1-2 and two in the Valley. Knew that the competition was going to get a little bit tougher getting into the Valley. And uh, and now it's the grind of, of getting back to it. So they'll have a couple days off. And we'll look to do a little more coverage on the volleyball team as well. They are going to travel this coming weekend to Illinois State and at Bradley. So we'll focus We'll focus on some some good stories coming up in the coming days here, but also we've got basketball practice starting the season right around the corner, about a month away from the first exhibition game against Cedarville. And, uh, and again, always a thrill to bring Luke Gore in to chat about the schedule. Just excited, excited that basketball is around the corner. But But before I go into that, just homecoming weekend was so fun. Such a great atmosphere. Covering the soccer match on Thursday night, a win against UIC, that was a really just kind of fun, fun victory. They piled on the goals in that match. Three goals in the first half. End up winning four to nothing. Just a lot of fun. Uh, volleyball, a really tough loss on Friday night. 
against Northern Iowa in a game where they served for match point. Valpo had match point in the fourth set. Uh, they bounced back with a win over Drake in five sets on Saturday. And then the football game, just an electric atmosphere. Look, if, if, if you haven't bought stock in Landon Fox and the Valpo football team yet, get it now while it's still on sale because this team's going places. There's no question about it. And we'll get some more football conversation in some coming episodes of the Victory Bell, the podcast, because it's just been it's been a blast so far. The team is two and two, uh, but they're one and oh in the PFL, knocking off San Diego. And an interesting scheduling quirk is they don't play Davidson this year. And so they're not going to play the team that's favored to win the PFL. So they've already played ostensibly their toughest opponent and beat them. Now they're going to have more tough games. There's no question. Presbyterian that they're going to, they get a bye week and then they go to Presbyterian. And that's not your older brother's Presbyterian team. The one that Valpo beat 65 to 55 last year. Uh, Valpo ran for eight touchdowns. Uh, One guy for Presbyterian had six catches, five of them for touchdowns. Presbyterian played a different style last year with a guy who never punted. And, um, well, quite frankly, he's gone, and that system is gone. And so it'll probably be like a normal football game. And so we'll look forward to that one. We'll we'll look back at that game maybe in the next episode of the Victory Bell, the podcast. That was quite a, uh, quite a fun one. So um, without further ado, I want to shift it over to Luke Gore and talking about the schedule. But before we do that, I've gotta I've gotta make note of Luke Gore here for a second. I wanna congratulate Luke Gore. First of all, just one of the genuinely good people in Valpo, just in life, uh, was just honored over homecoming weekend, won the Alumni Achievement Award, and uh, and also Director of Athletics Emeritus Marco Barber also got honorary alumni status. Pretty cool deal for him. But Luke Gore getting the Alumni Achievement Award. He has been around. This will be his 21st year with the Valpo basketball program. I, I, I'm i stuttering for a moment because I'm just trying to think. And, and we haven't really done this yet. Luke and I have talked about it, about trying to dive into every coaching staff in college basketball and finding out where Luke ranks in terms of longevity. And it's got to be up there, right? I mean, Jim Beheim has been at Syracuse forever as a head coach, but he's turned over his assistants countless times. Krzyzewski was at Duke forever. He's turned over his assistants a bunch, and now Shire is there. Luke Gore is the longest-running, if not one of the longest-running assistant coaches in, in one's, at one school. It's, in, it's, it's just it's something. It really is something. And so kudos to Luke Gore. Kudos to, you know, just, just the path that he's chosen. Right, and he's a, he's a great leader and steward, and uh, I really really have enjoyed getting to know Luke over the years. Uh, he won this alumni achievement award. Um, it's ex- explained as honors alumni who have demonstrated outstanding achievement in their chosen career or area of professional life. And he received his master's degree in 2006 from Valpo, and that's where he got his alumni status. and uh, And there's no doubt that he is befitting of that award. Now that we got all of the platitudes and the congratulations out of the way, let me tell you that we're going to talk about the schedule, the non-conference schedule for Valpo. And you'll hear some of this also repeated in my conversation with Luke Gore, which in interest of full disclosure, we recorded it on September 12th, about an hour and a half after I recorded the interview with President Jose Padilla. And uh, and I had originally thought that I was going to do the podcast with Luke Gore and release that first. And so you'll hear me say, hey, Luke, you're the first guest ever. Well, turns out that the president trumped him a little bit there. So or Biden him, however you want to, whatever way you go. And um, and and so we uh, we got uh, we got President Padilla on the first one, Luke Gore on the second one. I think he'll be okay with it. To that end, uh, I got to tell you, it's a um, it's a incredibly underwhelming schedule. There's a non-conference schedule. There's no doubt about it. And Luke will walk us through how it came to be. I, I I look at this and there's not a single non-conference game that jumps out at me. I mean, I like that game at Toledo to start. The Western Michigan game is fine. Those two games are fine. 
right? Everything else, you know, I'm excited about Incarnate Word because of Chris Artis coming back. I'm excited about Stonehill because of Jason Karras coming back. Blast Trinity Christian into the sun, although Jason Hawkins is there, so that's nice. But again, non-D1s don't do much for me. At Ole Miss is fine, but I think probably 10 years too late. I would have loved that game a long time ago. I would have loved that game when Bryce Drew was the head coach. I think that would have been a blast. Uh, you know, I, again, I, I think that's a good game, but it's the only one like that on the schedule. It's really the only power five opponent that Valpo has. And, you know, Luke will talk a little bit about why that is and why power five teams aren't quick to play a Valpo anymore. But it just, there's, there's not a, there's not a game on the non-conference schedule that I'm pointing to and saying, I can't wait for that game. I felt one last year with Charlotte coming to the arc. I thought that was a great non-conference game. I thought that was an exciting one. There have been others in the past. The Rhode Island game when they were ranked, the tournament in Las Vegas was excellent. Now Valpo had Alec Peters on those teams, so they played maybe a tougher schedule. This is a schedule that and and also look it's different where it's the net it is different now so i like i understand all of it and 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 again luke is going to do a really good job of breaking down the schedule uh, but i'm with the fans who are upset about the schedule I, I i am with that i don't know that there's a game out there that i'm like you know i'm i'm going to stand in line to make sure i get a good seat for it right that's when I that but that's about the opponent. I will tell you this and I know that I know that I have fought with people on this before and I know that I come from this from an area of privilege a little bit and that I don't have to pay to go to games cuz I am covering them and whatnot and and I also don't have kids and so I'm not like trying to balance you know getting kids to sporting events and stuff like that. Like when the Valpo schedule comes out for me I don't care who they're playing because I'm going to be at the games anyway, right? I wish they were playing better teams, but I already know that I'm going to be at all those games anyway. For me, I just go, I'm going to go because it's Valpo. And now if I was a fan, like I'm going to go because it's Valpo. And I, I know that this, that this one that I use, that this analogy that I use is, is probably a little tone deaf. I understand that, but I'll tell you this, and maybe I'm different. Like, and it's different maybe because there's only 16 of the games as opposed to 30-some out of the games or whatever that might be. But I'm a Green Bay Packer fan. I don't care who they're playing. I think I say this. I know I, I, I ranted on this with someone the other day. Maybe it was with Luke, so it might have been on this podcast. You might hear this again. I apologize. I, I, haven't, I edited this podcast two weeks ago, and so I haven't gone back. But... You know, if Packers are playing the Bears, I'm going. If they're playing the Jets, I'm going. It doesn't matter who they're playing to me. I'm going because I'm a Packer fan. So uh, to me, yeah, I, I you know, I'd love to see a good competitive Valpo basketball game. I, but Toledo, great. You know, Chicago State, I mean, that's a road game. It's different. Elon, okay, I'm I'm going to see Valpo. I'm not going to see whoever their opponent is. And also, I know, and I say this again with Luke, you'll hear it again, these 10 home conference games are going to be great games. They're going to be excellent. And so I already know that there's going to be 10 great games starting December 4th and then in earnest on New Year's Day, Indiana State. These are going to be excellent, excellent games because every game in the Valley, Matt Loddick always says he expects there's going to be 25-point games. And he's pretty much dead on. And so, I mean, these, this, these games in league have been fantastic and they've been well worth the money. So is it, are they the best non-conference schedule? No, it's not. It, it, it's not. And I'm here for the anger and the frustration and all of that. You know, the tournament, Savannah tournament, I think a couple of those teams, I think, I think we might mention James Madison is going to be there. I believe nickel state, I think was going to be there. I think they're out now. And, uh, you know, so it's a mid-major tournament, right? It's not, it's not a big one. You know, I, I would love for Valpo to get to the Maui Invitational or, you know, something in the Bahamas or something like that. But it, it just doesn't happen, you know? And, and if Valpo gets back to the NCAA tournament, if Valpo can get things rolling a little bit, well, then maybe they get back into some of those things. But, but right now it's all about setting up for league and, and, and the league is going to be tough this year. There's no, no doubt about it. 
Um, you know what? I'm I'm going to stop here. I want to get into Luke Gore. I've ranted on for 15 minutes here, and uh, so let's get Luke in here. Let's talk about the schedule, and, and then uh, and then next week we'll we'll dive a little bit more into some different things that are going on. But right now, let's turn it over uh, to our special guest. Luke, we've done this many years. New venue, new operation here at the Victory Bell. Thrilled. Uh, let's go through the schedule. Well, first, how awesome is the Victory Bell? Paul, you're killing it. Um, I love the emails. Um, many people won't know this, but I was the first to sign up for the Victory Bell, correct? You are, yes, and that's why you're the first guest on this new uh, version of the Victory Bell, the podcast. Such an honor. Thank you, Paul. Uh, very good. Hey, we do this every year. We look at the schedule. Uh, they've been clamoring for it. The fans have been clamoring for uh, when's Union Street Hoops coming back. Well, unfortunately, uh, that name is... You know, we're we're doing more than just hoops, but today we're doing hoops. Let's look at the schedule. Let's get into it. First of all, let me reiterate how much I appreciate you doing this interview with me. And now I'm going to say, there's uh, this is an interesting schedule. You know, there's uh, there's there's some uh, some games that are certainly you start off with a couple good ones, but obviously, um, you know, I, I think about the the years past. There's no Charlotte coming into the arc. There's no. Um, you know, going way back, the the Marquettes and the Butlers and all that stuff, right? Um, I guess I, I always want to start with this. When the schedule's done, how hard of a process is it to put it all together? Um, it, it It's a process, but it's it's also our job. So, um, you know, I'm not, you know, me, I'm not one to blood on how hard one thing or is. It's yeah. reality and how, how can we put together what we have is enough home games and um, do, doing within the means that we have. And then scheduling it so it's around the valley schedule too. So it's it's not easy. Uh, the net ranking is a huge influencer on the schedule now. Okay. Um, teams play. They're, they're not like you're not going to get Marquette to go on the road anymore. No. Look at their schedule. I mean, they're going to play the lowest ranked teams possible because it's more important to win by thirty and get your efficiency, offense and efficiency up as high as possible. So the benefit of playing at a Valpo, there is no benefit. And so that those games are as hard as we're going to try, and we're going to call Butler and Marquette every year. And now, and I don't blame them. I mean, but we always have the conversations. They have a conversation with us. It just doesn't happen. Um, but it's it's a process. And so is it that that's to answer that question. It's there's no benefit for them to come on the road. And I would imagine to that end, there's not a lot of benefit to you going to play teams that are are a notch. You know, right? You know, I guess. How does the net influence how you guys look at things? You know, our first and foremost is how do we get home games? Yeah, we got to get home games, right? And then we want to play some good teams. Like we've been playing Toledo for quite a few years, and Toledo's winning the MAC. So we were picking the best team in the MAC for the last few years, and we've opened up with them. It's probably not as wise a scheduling <laughs> philosophy, but it's it's how do you get excitement? But guess what? Every other year you're at Toledo. You're not at home. But every other year you got Toledo at home. That's that's a pretty good game to start off with when they're winning twenty five plus games every year. So, um, and then we're you know the MAC is a a decent league for us to schedule. So we have Western Michigan on it, and you know we've had Ball State, Eastern Michigan, Central Michigan. You know, um, you know we've worked with a lot of MAC schools, so that's a good conference for us to try to get a couple of home and homes. But we only have eight games to schedule. It ain't you know back when we were in the Rising League and the Midcom we had. We had 11 and 12 and 13 games of schedule. Plus, we knew when we got the league, everybody was sub 300 anyway. So, um, you know, that's that. It's a different. It was a different dynamic than what we're dealing with now. And again, I, look, I think there's. It's easy to look at the schedule and be underwhelmed by some of it. Um, I think I initially was, but also I think something that we mentioned together right before we hit record here is that you have to factor in the valley schedule and. Um, you know, you're going to get 10 home games in the Valley, right? We're going to get 10 home games in the Valley. You don't, there is not a give me game in the conference schedule. And people can point to this as much as they want. Like, there were give me games in the Horizon League, and there certainly were give me games in the Midcon. You knew, okay, this team's going to roll in. We're probably going to get this game. Um, and also, I, people complain. When, I, the one thing, again, I'll say in defense of the schedule is that um, you're bringing in teams that you would have killed to have on the schedule when you were in the Horizon League or Midcon, correct? Oh, without a doubt. And, you know, you don't have to defend it. It is what it is. Like, I, I, I don't, 
Like, like I think everybody that knows me, I'm not. You don't have to. I'll defend it some, but I, but I don't. I'm not defending it. I, I, we're here to explain how we get to the schedule every year. Yeah. And so, um, and you know, differences. But until you call every school in the country and you do notes and you realize what the money issue is in every game, it's kind of hard to have an opinion. And so, and so, I'm here to explain how we get to everything. So we, you know, defend, we don't need to use that word. Okay. We, we're going to explain why the schedule got the way it is and how it works. And uh, we'll go from there. Well, you hope the beacons defend when they're on the court. Amen year. to that. Okay. So at Toledo, start off the year. Uh, actually first, you know, the, the first chance that Valpo fans are going to get to see this team will be Halloween weekend exhibition game against Quentin Green's old Cedarville team. Mm-hmm. I know uh, maybe a connection there to uh, Connor Tenhove, a guy mm-hmm. who played from Valpo High School, um, who's been coming to games since he was able to crawl. Uh, he played there. Quentin, you got um, – Is was it as simple as, as hey, your school located nearby? We're familiar with you because of a couple people we know. Cedarville, I mean, this this bit us a little bit last year, but we were picking a team that went to the, the Division II NCAA tournament. It was a very good team. Um, but we have a connection. You start off with Connor. Connor's – uh, Tenno loved the family, uh, big Valpo supporters for forever, um, close family friends, um, amazing Tom and Sherry Tenno. And uh, Connor's roommate for his time was Quentin Green. Um, and so Quentin's here, and when he got here, it was like, it was like would you want to play Siegelville? And very close to their coach. Um, and he, he's an amazing coach. And he was like, Quentin's like, yeah, that'd be great. And that's how we got that game. Um, so some people will know the name. They're a good opponent. They're good to prepare us for. And um, and Quentin wanted to do it, so that's why we did it. Uh, Monday, November 7th, you start at Toledo. Again, as you kind of alluded to, maybe not the the most appetizing start because you know it's going to be a really hard game. Um, but uh, I think, to for my money, you might as well start hard. You might as well start on the road. You might as well get some battle experience right off the bat. I think uh, as I look at the non-conference schedule, this is the one that stands out to me right off the bat as a, as a really good opponent. I think it's great. I, I, I love playing Toledo every year um, and playing a team like that in a home-and-home series. It's hard to get those games, uh, to be honest. Um, good, good teams want to play home-and-homes um, in this in this age of the net. And uh, Kowalczyk uh, is, I mean, he's he's all about it. And now he knows he's going to have, he can buy a lot of games at home too. So, but he th- loves the series. It's down, just down eighty, and so it's it's a good series. They've had they've had local players go there. We've had players from their area come here. It's just I think it's a, I think it's a really good series, and and one we hope to continue to to keep playing. I just I think uh, good mid major teams from the Midwest not being afraid to play each other. I think is is great. Uh, Western Michigan comes in. Uh, you went there last year. You had the Malik McMillan connection mm-hmm. as well. This has always felt like a game that should be played because it's two and a half, three hours away from here, right? You can go there in a day and come back. You don't have to do hotels. I, before we get into Western Michigan, I want to ask about that a little bit, right? Like a couple of the other games that you have on here, I mean, one of the other ones that you have on here, again, the one Chicago State, like is there value to having road games or home games for the opposition where maybe hotels are not something you have to worry about right now? That's a rhetorical question because <laughs> obviously it's huge like to get games where we don't like you don't have to throw money at a hotel you just have to get there and back and um it's 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 huge for you know being able to do travel the way we need to when we get to the valley schedule um because that's the most important part of the schedule is those 20 games that we're going to play so uh you know i i i've wanted to play western michigan forever and last year the first year that dates worked and they were able to do it and we've been begging them. I mean, not begging them, but uh, been trying to get that series. So I'm really excited we have it. Um, I hope it can continue. But, you know, they, they only have a few games to schedule, too. So it's, I think the MAC has like six games that they can schedule outside of tournaments and everything. So there's not many options for the MAC schools to schedule games either. So that's just, this is the back end of the home and home. And, and as of this point, it's, this is it. It right is. It's a, and that's how all of them are. I mean, everything for the most part is a two-year series, and then the coaches and the administration have to decide, can we do it again, or do we want to do it again? Does it make sense? And sometimes it, 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 you know, it won't make sense, but, um, you know, that's how it works. So this is an interesting way of just public, uh, public relations a little bit. As the schedule starts to leak out, and almost always, for whatever reason, 
other schools are always announcing things before Valpo is in terms of, you know, this, the Ole Miss announced their, their games mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And so good internet sleuthing and, and, and investigative reporting, can you could start to pinpoint which games are the schedule. And so a lot of the fans were doing this. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have one game that they were that that was left on the schedule and and so the people on the message board the people on twitter and all that were saying oh hopefully valpo's last game they get is going to be a really good one and it just so happened to be this at chicago state game because mm-hmm. again chicago state didn't release their schedule early or anything like that um so to the public this was the last piece of the schedule this was probably not the last game you came up with maybe it was but um and it probably felt like a letdown to fans who were maybe hoping, oh, maybe maybe there's a big game coming somewhere. How does Chicago State get on the schedule? It's simple. They're 40 miles away. Um, and we can go there and they can come here in back-to-back years and get games that everyone else pays a lot of money for. Like, if you look at Bradley's schedule and Illinois State's schedule and Loyola's schedule, they're all doing it too with Chicago State because for Chicago State, they get a home game against a good opponent and – and it, they, no one has to spend the night, so it's just it just makes sense. Um, it's maybe not as sexy as everybody wants, but dollars and cents and future and travel in the valley and being the best we can in the valley, it makes a lot of sense. And that's why a lot of valley teams in the Chicagoland area are calling Chicago State and seeing if they can do it. And that's just that's the nuts and bolts of it. A game that makes a lot of sense to me and it gets me excited is Saturday November 19th 7 o'clock first of all kudos you got a Saturday night game uh, maybe not great that it's during Thanksgiving weekend um, or the weekend before Thanksgiving excuse me where a lot of the students will be gone um, but you got Incarnate Word coming in here mm-hmm. former Valpo uh, player Chris Artis is an assistant coach there at Incarnate Word Carson Cunningham is there feels like a connection there um kind of this is again each year there's always one or two schools that pop up that have never been on the schedule before how did this one come about well you named it um nick davidson played for carson cunningham uh at andrean so known him for a long time amazing man um amazing coach and i mean he's a region legend i mean he's an amazing player and so that started and chris artis is there and so they have an interest in coming back i mean it and, you know, everybody can say, ah, who's that? Well, Purdue plays them every year. So yeah, yes, no, one, no one slams Purdue for playing Incarnate Word. That's a pretty good game. Well, we were able to get them here, and uh, I'm, I'm really excited about it because uh, they have a couple guys uh, that are on their team from the area. Yep. And so it's I think it's a, it's a good game to get at home. And um, so I'm excited for it. And, you know, to try to get games during the non-conference uh, in – in November and December that perfectly line up when the students are here and everything, there's only about three or four days like that. And so it's, if you're going to go on the road for a game, you lose an opportunity. So the only way to do it is, is to invest in your schedule and bring in teams. And hopefully you can get them on dates that all students are here sometimes, but a lot of times you can't, it's hard. Um, incarnate word, is that a one-off or do will you go there? No, it's, this is a one year deal. Okay. Um, you've got a tournament, Thanksgiving weekend tournament in Savannah. You've done Savannah a couple times now. Um, I'm not sure that the field has been completely announced or who you're playing has been completely announced. But um, uh, just, first of all, you know your thoughts on going back to Savannah and and what you look to get out of this. Well, it's it's a uh, it's a it's a good field. I mean, we're going to play South Dakota State who won 30 games. And was a you know a tournament team and I mean a, amazing. Uh, uh, they're in they're in all bracket. Um, James Madison is uh, the last team is 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 not been announced yet. Um, we think we know who it is, but um, and James Madison's a big time. You know I think they're in the Colonial and you know just two really good opponents and and the third one would be a a good opponent that's had some uh, success over the last few years and it's, I believe I mean, it's not been finalized yet. So. Um, you know, so it's a good and it's a good location. Um, it's not too far off, and uh, we can get there. And it's you know, it's when the students are gone, so why not do it? Um, what uh, you have good memories of Savannah at all? Anything stand out to you? Of yeah, last time we went there, we won all three of them, so that was good. <laughs> so anytime you win three games, it's pretty exciting. So, um, but uh, you know, it's it's just a. If anybody's been there, it's just a and at Thanksgiving time. I mean, it's the food is amazing in Savannah, and it's it's once again it's budget wise. It doesn't take a t- 
ton of money to get there, which most of these tournaments do. And so we have to think of, of that when we can. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, it's just an opportunity to play good mid-majors um, at a neutral site, various, you know, three games in three days and get after it. Um, you have two Valley games. Don't know who the opponents are going to be, but you've got a, a road game and a home game. Um, everyone in the Valley is doing this, right? Like, uh, this is almost akin to what the Horizon League used to do where they would, because uh, the Horizon League would always have their tournament mm-hmm. a week earlier than everybody else. The Valley does this as well. And now you add in two more conference games you have to play with it, with, with, uh, with all that. Um, I think from my perspective as, a, as the guy who covers the team, I just love having an early season big, big game. I imagine as a coach... Nothing is worse than having to do two of these games right off the bat, relatively speaking, right? Oh, I mean, they got to do it too. So it's, okay. I mean, we're on even equal playing field. So no, I, I don't mind it. I think you know, I think coaches complain too much sometimes when it comes to <laughs> this stuff. It's not like the other teams not doing the same thing. It's not like the Big Ten doesn't play early Big Ten game. I mean, it's like I believe they don't they play the, a game in December now. I think too? so. Yeah, I think so, everybody's going to. Yeah, have so to. it's. I mean, you, you're playing twenty. 20 league games. Um, I think Purdue plays Minnesota, actually, on the 4th. So um, I would guess that would be a Big Ten game, right, Minnesota? Yeah. Purdue? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know much about that league. but um, <laughs> Well, USC and UCLA are in it now. So. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, yeah, it's a little different. So, um, But, you know, so that's that's part of it. And uh, so, yeah, it's exciting. Um, and there can always be the perfect game to play. At the per- I mean, but we all have to play the game. So, um, And I, do, I, I know, I believe – I'm pretty sure who the opponent will be. We can't say who it will be, but it, it will be a big game. It's a game that if it was in the non-conference and we're playing it, um, everybody would be pretty fired up about it. So yeah. um, so I'm, I'm excited for that game. Uh, coming out of that, Tuesday, December 6th, you've got the, a, a non-D1 on the schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, You've only got one non-D1 on the schedule this year. We'll get to it, another game in a little bit that, that might people lot of, might people think is a non-D1, but it's not. Um, is it just on the – I mean, you got to get home games, right? Mm-hmm. Is it just – is, is and, and I, I, I still – every time I see people critical of, of the non-D1, and look, I'm one of them a lot of times. I, I don't like multiple non-D1 games, but then I also think about – you know, Valpo was a young up and upstart team a long time ago, and bigger programs gave them a chance. So, um, your thoughts on Trinity Christian and and our non D one games just here to stay? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it depends on, on the means. Once again, it comes back to the means, and and when you don't travel, you don't pay, and so you can use that money to travel uh, better or do things better. And when Valley season comes. And playing a ninety-one, it doesn't. I mean, the budget to get them here is a lot, a significantly, significantly less. Um, amazingly different, mm-hmm. and um, you know, so it's it's not. It, we're not giving the little guy a chance, but we're, if we're going to give the little guy, we're going to give a Valpo alum that I coached with, and that is close to the program, the opportunity to come, who's just down the street in the closest location. So everybody's like, "Oh, Trinity Christian." You know what? In two thousand sixteen, when we won thirty and went to Trinity Christian, we played them then too. Yeah. So it's, I mean, uh, Coach Hawkins, love him. And so um, it, and it makes it kind of easy when you just ask the, the same guy. Sometimes can you do it? And if he can't, then we go to other, other routes um, on that. But that's the reason. And um, and if it, if it can help his program too at the same time, that, you know, I, I, I love doing it. So um, very excited about just being able to help Jason and him, him coming in. The biggest game, the biggest non-conference game on the schedule, one that is 24 years in the making, at least from their perspective. Uh, I think I'm already going to roll my eyes at the amount of the shot highlights that are going to be shown in the days leading up to this and during the broadcast and all of that. Uh, you get Ole Miss on the schedule. Um, again, you know, a lot of people might not, this won't mean much to people outside, but a good Ole Miss connection there. Uh, Jenny Johnson works there. Mm-hmm. Jenny used to work in the in the department here. Um, Mark Johnson is down there. He was a baseball player here, MVP of the Horizon League uh, conference tournament. That's not why this game's on the schedule, but that's who I'm going to go say hi to when I go to Ole Miss. I'm excited for that. So uh, to get to see Jenny and Mark, uh, getting Ole Miss on the schedule, it feels like this is a game that probably is, is you know, it's just an interesting nostalgia thing. But how does Ole Miss? 
pop up here. You know, we kind of talk most of the time. They're good guys down there. And, and Jenny being there makes it for me. And I know Jenny and Erica and anybody that talks about tickets, Erica's best friend is Jenny. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I know Erica's excited for that one. And, and she'll definitely be wanting to go on that trip. And she will. And um, But it, the thing about Ole Miss is sometimes you want to pick, like we played Oregon State. The kids that go to Oregon State doesn't know who Valpo is. But there's going to be enough things that people, all the all the players that Ole Miss is going to know Valpo, and so there's no sneaking up on them, which is exciting, um, you know. So uh, to go down there and 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 help our, you know, get a good game on the schedule that can help our budget and do some good things. So um, yeah, no, that's good. Um, Elon, I don't even know where Elon is. Obviously, it's a home game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm. There's 353 Division One basketball programs, and I'd imagine that uh, with pretty much over 300, I could fire off mascots, uh, location, things like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Elon is one of those that I, I just don't know much about. Um, did you, Was this just you grabbed the phone book and you found a, <laughs> Elon, and uh, how, do, how, do, how do they show up here? Uh, that's a, that's a, so, in scheduling, there's a lot of that. You know, um, and we were doing a lot of uh, ideas trying to get to um, get to North Carolina to play some teams out that way. And so this is a home and home. So we're going to go back to North Carolina and hopefully position and play. And they're, they're located, if you know, there's a couple schools called Duke and North Carolina. Mm-hmm. They're about 30 minutes from those schools. So okay. um, Billy Taylor was the head coach. Uh, Billy Taylor is a Notre Dame big-time guy. was Ball State's head coach, and he's yeah. the head coach at Elon. So – that really helped them want to come to the Midwest. They've recruited a lot of players um, uh, from from the Midwest, and so um, it helps in that aspect for them. And that's how we got the game. So, so I don't want to put the cart before the horse here, but I know whenever you can travel somewhere and you like to position some games around there. I think you did this out in California a couple of years ago with some games. You've done this out east before, so. Going to Elon next year, there's a thing called Tobacco Road. There's a whole bunch of programs that are out there. Would does it just make sense for you when you're going to Elon next year to call a bunch of those schools and try to get two for one in terms of uh, try to travel out there and get multiple games? We're gonna try all we can to. That's the goal. So when we when we agreed to it a little bit, we knew we could we could. So instead of playing at Ole Miss, we'll hopefully be playing at one of those. Is is the idea? If it happens, has that the dates have to work out and all that type of stuff. Have, they have to be willing to play us and. And uh, but that that is the the goal um, of of the next year. Stonehill Community is on the uh, schedule here, December twenty first. This it's is a... not Stone. It's Stonehill College, but it's a community game. Remember last oh, year? Oh, sorry. Okay. So my, last year, yeah, 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 the, my bad. The, you know, we had all the kids from the community. I think it's an amazing event. I misspoke. Um, yes. So uh, Stonehill College, they're going Division One uh, this year, and uh, Jason Karras, who played here, was a manager here, walk on, great story. Then was a coach here. He is there, and um, we were able to work with Bradley and bring Stonehill to play both of us on the same trip so it would be financially possible for Stonehill, and then it would be a little bit we, – we would use a little bit less means to get them. So that's how they got on here. The fact that they're Division One, uh, and, and they're making the transition, but they have the – they're a Division One team now. Now this factors into the net, right? Huge, yes. And yes. so that and that, to me, feels like – a pretty appetizing thing. Again, if you're when you're playing a non D one, for those who don't know this, like it doesn't count in terms of the RPI, which we don't use anymore, or the net. But this one is a legitimate Division one game. Of course, yes, yes, it's a huge game. Um, it's a good game. It's very like if if you look at Indiana State schedule, they're going to Southern Indiana, who's in first year of transition, and they're going to their place. Um, so it's you know similar. You know, in our league, you know, a lot of teams we we try to find uh, games that we can get that are. Or good that can be at home that are Division One, or that we can travel to that are good that can you know return it for the home game. So uh, that's how Stonehill got on the schedule. Okay, so that is the non-conference schedule. Again, I think we're burying the lead here a little bit. Um, moving to twenty conference games, I imagine makes us just even more of a puzzle that you have to put together, right? Uh, well, you know. Playing the two games in early December, then playing two games right after Christmas, and then having and you're you're playing now twenty league games instead of eighteen. 
So, and then you play the tournament, and that's that's three games. So, if 20 plus three is... You're talking about the Savannah tournament. Yeah, right? so you got to 23 games. Now you have eight games to schedule, and they take away the best... The best weekend to schedule games is the first weekend of December. That's out of the out of the way. So now you have to throw. Now you find eight games each, and you want to build um, in excitement with the team. You also want to build confidence with the team. You want to get on the road and get tested. Um, and I I believe you know we're getting tested at Toledo. We're getting tested at Ole Miss. We're going to get tested down in Savannah, and then we have a, a lot of home games around those that. Makes sense in the other road games at Chicago State where we don't have to, we can go the day of the game. So financially, academically, uh, because also this is this is the end of the semester. During you know basketball is the only sport that really is focused in both. So towards the end, that's why you see we'll go back to Purdue or down the road. They play four or five of these of games that are similar to Stonehill every year. But it's also at the end of the semester where we don't want our guys to miss a lot of class. We want them to try to finish strong because then they're going to start the spring semester and they're going to miss a lot of class. But then at the end of the semester, they can catch back up um, sometimes. So we don't want them to have to catch back up, but that's the reality of what it is. So um, so that's what we deal with. we got eight games plus a tournament to schedule. And in those eight games, we have very few opportunities to get home games where the students are here. And it, whoever we can get in those home games, we think that's the most important thing to do. Uh, budgetary academically and for the students to see and the, you know, the community to get out and watch. I'm going to throw a curveball at you because this is one that I saw on the schedule for another team that, that just kind of made me not happy. Uh, Northern Iowa is going to play at the United Center against Towson. I don't know why Towson's coming to Chicago. I don't know why Northern Iowa's coming to Chicago. And I know that it has been, a long, long, long time since Valpo's played at the United Center, and it's just it's not 2008 anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I need to realize that, and fans probably need to realize that, and and all that. But but it it felt like, and again, I UIC is probably upset about this too, because again, Northern Iowa was coming into their backyard or whatever. But um, how does that? How does something like that come together? And did you guys have any opportunity for anything like that? Because apparently, the United Center is doing like a like a full day of college mm-hmm. basketball games or something like that. Um, so is Indianapolis. Um, is that Baker? Is it, is it whatever? Baker? It's yeah, the name I, of, of AccuSure or whatever they name yeah, it. Pittsburgh yeah, okay. Stadiums. Now okay. they're, they're changing yeah. it every day. Yeah. So whatever the name of the. So we were in talks with both those. Did you days. know? You know, time before you know that at one point you went down to play and you practiced at Conseco and then you played at Gainbridge or whatever. They changed the name the night that you guys got down there. Uh, I do remember that. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. That's pretty exciting. Okay, uh, go go ahead. So you were We played IUP that game? I think so. You played yeah, yeah you played at uh, but but again you, you I think you did your shoot around at Conseco yeah, yeah, okay. and you yeah. played at whatever, whatever it, was, it was called. Yeah. yeah. Um so uh well there was talks about it um both 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 those events and so the once again there's a lot that goes into that. It goes into the opponent, it goes into the um, the date and what you are like. If one of these things already came and were already contractually obligated to play whoever at Toledo or whatever it is, then unfortunately it, it kind of squashes yeah. that idea. And so it's all timing with it. And, you know, we were, we were looking at um, both locations and trying to get both. And at the end of the day, though, I still would rather have a game at home if we can. And then a neutral side game, but if 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 you only have eight games to schedule, and you're trying to get as many home games and close to home, and you, if, if you want five of those eight at home, it takes fine. It, it takes means, which which you know we're working and doing a, a lot of good things for that. And how do we get those home games? And uh, so that's 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 kind of our work. But we were in talks with both of them, and it just it just couldn't work out. And um, but yeah, no, I I I don't see that not have. I I see that happening in the future. So it's. Um, you know, why does Townsend in Northern Iowa there and it's not Loyola or UIC or Northwestern or anything like that. Yeah. It's just, it worked out for their schedule better than it did for us. Um, final question, final topic. Uh, the Valley now, you're not going to have a balanced schedule from what I understand. Uh, the schedule is coming out here in a couple of weeks or any day now, I guess. we got Missouri Valley Media Day next week in St. Louis. I imagine it's going to come out probably around then, if not before, but um, I guess what, w- with with it not being a balanced schedule anymore, I guess what 
what do you look at? You you get to kind of control whatever you can in the non-conference, but what when when they put that conference schedule in front of you for the first time, where do your eyes go right away? Who we play first? I mean, I, once again, I, I they, the Valley doesn't amaze. It's such a well-run league. I mean, and I've been doing scheduling. I've been a part of Apple for a long time, as have you, Paul. And and so the and they have communication with us. Like, what is important to you? You know, our our importance is we don't want our guys to miss class. You know, we want to be able to. You know, and so that that you know that influences the schedule. But everybody wants that. You know, our we can get access to our arena whenever we want for the most part. Other schools, it's not their arena. And so there's a lot of dates they can't even play at home. Um, and so, you know, another school, I mean, Bradley, like there's a lot of dates that they can't even play at their place. So the league has to schedule on that. And so them putting together that puzzle is a lot bigger than me putting together my puzzle. So when it comes out, who are we playing first and and how are we going to beat them? And that's the extent of it. The unbalanced schedule that we're going to play one team only on the road and we'll play another team only at home. Um Ideally, I hope it's one of the far teams far away from us all the time. I don't care who it is, but one of the teams far away that would t- cost us a lot more to travel there. That we don't play them, one of those teams, to so just to save on the the budget, which would basically allow us to play the same amount of road games in league play as before for the most part. If we're not going as far, um, and so even though there will be one more, but there will be hopefully closer. Um, so that's 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 my hope. But you know, I don't know how it all works out. You know and and so that's that's the idea. We'll find out in a couple of weeks. I do know, I knew the I know the first one we're playing. Um, I think, and so, um, and that'll be that'll be on the road. Um, and so, uh, that'll be good. But I, I I do know this, and you know, you know, if you go back and look at our strength of schedule, our strength of schedule has been the highest it's ever been in the last five years, every year. Um, it will be this year too. It will be one of the highest that we've had. You know, one of the top six. And for the simple fact that we're going to play 20 games against really good teams. And it's very similar to when, you know, like we'll go back to Purdue. When Purdue plays, they have the Gavit series. They play that one game, then they'll play one other game. And then they, they buy four or five home games that are they think they can win by a lot of points. So their net ranking can be up and it can cushion them for when they play Big Ten games. And um, and that's the beauty of being in the Valley. Because we're going to have 10 home games from beginning of December now, end of December throughout, that – you know, it was impossible to get for the hundred years before that. Yeah. Uh, you know, while we have you here, um, you're in the gym. You guys are doing some workouts. You're seeing the guys. Um, what, uh, just uh, give the fans a little preview about what uh, what you're seeing on the court right now. With me. Really, especially, we, we know who Ben Cricky is. We know who Kobe King is. We know who Preston is. Um, what are you seeing from the, the new guys? You know, see, uh, this is how reporters do it. I got one more question. You know, we do this all the time. And then we go, and I love it. So, um, you know, the guys uh, had a good good summer. Um, We got a lot of new pieces, uh, but we have a lot of returning pieces too. Um, We have guys that are coming back from injuries from a long time ago um, that are in good shape. Um, Like Emil has been, you know, his freshman year he wasn't injured, but he was young. And in the last two years he's had – Unbelievable history. I mean, it's a good story on the victorybell.com. It's an amazing story. I mean, you should, actually, I mean, you read that story and then you get a lot of that from not just basketball players, but soccer and football and track and bowling. And it's just, uh, and I'm not plugging Paul Orn, but if you've made well, it this far in the podcast, they're already subscribers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and if your friends are not, it's, it's better than having a newspaper subscription, to be honest. Um, so, um, so it's good to have you know most everybody's healthy and back, and then we got a lot of new pieces. We got we got um, two really talented freshmen. You know that it's it's good to have them out here. They got good size. They can both of them have offer di- bring different things to the the table, and then um, you know our transfers. It's just everybody's really on the same page. Um, and uh, and Ben and Kobe and Preston, like you said, and Darius, the four guys that played a lot for us last year, all leading really well. So um, uh, that's exciting. Um, so uh, I like our group. I like the togetherness. But everybody likes their group right now. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not, I mean, if you didn't, then that's I don't know. Maybe you're just a pessimistic person. <laughs> um, I'm a very optimistic person that thinks you know that let's get after it. But I'm excited for the year. I'm excited for these guys. 
Um, I'm excited to spend every day with them and getting out there at three o'clock today and get a little workout in. I'm excited for that. So um, I don't know if, you know, I, I think that what wins now is because every team has so many new guys. It's hard to predict who's going to be good. Like when, in scheduling, I don't know who's going to be good. Like there's teams that were uh, Iowa State did not win a Big 12 game and then went to the Sweet 16. So if I'd have had, if we'd had Iowa State on the schedule last year, why are we playing the worst Big Ten? And then we end up playing a team that went undefeated in the non-conference. So it's so hard to predict who's good, who's bad, who's going to be whatever. Um, so uh, I mean, I'm excited for this group. There's there's a togetherness with them. There's a there's a leadership to them that's been a little bit different. Um, and uh, just you know, but, but you know that's that's the big component. How quick you do you come together? And the individuals and the in the in the personalities, how do they mesh? And you might be an amazing motivator, amazing team builder, but then you have a couple personalities that you didn't really know they were personalities and they show up and all of a sudden they just don't mesh. And so that's part of recruiting and, and everything. So excited. Excited for the year. Um I'm always excited for the year. Um we we are gonna defend at a better uh, a better level this year for sure. Um we have longer, you know, better athletes to be honest that better defenders and so I know defensively we're going to get uh, get much better and um, it is nice having Kobe and, and Ben um, those guys are, are pretty good but we have a lot of other good players too so um, and, the, and they all know it they're all part of the same it's no one no one's really out right now trying to prove that they're the man mm-hmm. after averaging eight points the year before like everybody's out there trying to be the best teammates they can be so if we can keep that going uh, it's going to be a good year. Luke Gore, 20 years ago this summer, you arrived at Valpo, and they're still, they're still giving you a key to the door. So we're, we're thrilled that you have a key to the Victory Bell, the podcast. Thank you for joining. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Valpo is such an amazing place. It's always, um, you know, three conferences, four head coaches, same zip code. So it's a couple different mascots, a few, a few mascots. I tell you what, um, and, um, my daughter, seven years old, she's just loves life, um, and she's very boisterous. Everybody's, she's the loudest person in. I mean, she can at the popcorn fest. She yells, everybody stops, um, <laughs> and she just loves old Beacon and Blaze. She thinks they're the the greatest things ever. So, um, I know. Uh, once again, I, I graduated when we had a different nickname. My mom graduated when we had a different nickname. Um, but if you're looking for somebody for a seven-year-old to love, oh, Beacon and Blaze, my daughter loves them. And she just, I mean, she, the first time she saw them was, I think, at the football game and then at the uh, Popcorn Fest. So uh, excited to see those guys at the games and, and getting all the kids fired up. And and, uh, and, they, and they're doing a good job being excited and, and having good personalities, too. Very good. Thank you very much. Thank you.